0: Trumpets are the ready, because you are listening to a brand new podcast from EG called Dealmaker of the Month, with me, EG data reporter Jim Larkin. Now, the concept could not be simpler. Uh, we look at the individual dealmaker section of the Radius Under My Rankings and find the person who's been making the biggest waves in a particular region or sector and ask them how they did it. Uh, January's Dealmaker of the Month is Patrick, or Paddy Matheson. He's a partner in Knight Frank's Newcastle office and he is the UK's leading office agent on the January rankings with with almost 40,000 square feet of space transacted across seven deals. We're going to drill down into a couple of those deals and find out more about those occupiers and hear why they chose the space they did. Uh, We also want to ask what's next for the Newcastle office market where rents have recently hit record levels but on the flip side availability is becoming increasingly scarce. And crucially for the broader sector, have occupiers finally figured out exactly what they want from an office in this new era of flexible working? it's great to have you aboard how are you
1: hi jim i'm very well thank you very much um, thanks for um, thanks for
0: having me on you're very welcome okay uh, now um we've just finished january which is nobody's favorite month um but what's the mood like in the newcastle office moment office market at the moment because uh q4 finished on something of a high with good news around rents um and you personally have come charging out the blocks uh in this year so how are you all doing yes um we, we're
1: doing we're doing pretty well um you're right we finished um the year we finished 2023 on on a high note in terms of rent so we hit a record rent for the city um of 32 pounds a square foot um which is you know which is great I think that's down to um probably two factors really um the flight to quality which um is a well-coined phrase and I think it's um a trend that most um, most markets and particularly most regional cities are seeing. Um, But that coupled with um, a diminishing level of um, new grade A stock, I think those two things converging are clearly putting pressure on rents. For the start of 2024, well, um, we've seen a really positive jump in new requirements coming to the market in January and I guess the first two weeks in Feb. Um, We've seen over 230,000 square feet of new requirements. Um, That's across the Northeast, but that is a really positive and really encouraging sign for the the year
0: ahead. Okay, and those requirements, are they coming from sectors right across the board, or is there kind of one particular sector that's identified the Northeast as a a natural home? I think generally speaking, it is across the board.
1: in Newcastle City Centre, the professional services and TMT sectors are historically been the the, the largest um, uh, largest uh, take up sectors. Um, but actually, if, if we sort of look at the requirements that have come over over the, our desk in the last six weeks or so, there's a there's a big mix um, mm-hmm. from from all sorts of sectors, which
0: which I think is you know healthy um, for us at uh, this time of the year. Sure, yeah, I guess you don't want to be over reliant on one particular sector. Um, Okay, I mean, what do you put that resilience down to um, or the kind of enduring appeal of the Northeast at the moment? Because I think, especially in London, a lot of people were worried about kind of uncertainties around politics and economics, um, and they're delaying kind of the big decisions to occupy space or buy buildings or whatever. Um, Are you finding that less, do you think, in Newcastle? I
1: think, uh, yes, to a certain extent. there is certainly, um, you know, a level of uncertainty and uh, I think economic uncertainty in particular. Um, if we look back at last year, 2023, um, whilst the market performed very well, decision making was um, quite protracted. And I think that that's clearly a uh, an indicator of, um, you know, businesses and, and business leaders um, treading carefully about what they do. Um, What we've seen, I think, more recently um, is that sort of um, that decision making speed up. And I think I can put this probably down locally to businesses being a bit more settled about how they are going to work and how their offices are going to operate in the future. Um, We are seeing um, certainly a lot more um, businesses with a higher proportion of their staff coming back to the office. Um, And I think. You know, we can probably put this down to a number of factors in our in our market. I think firstly, Newcastle as a city and the other regional hubs as well, Sunderland and Durham, they're, they're vibrant places and I think people like to like to be there, frankly. So they like to be back to the office and communicate and collaborate and, and and everything else. I think the other important piece as well is we have a very good transport network and road network around the cities around the cities of the northeast um so it's very easy to commute and i think that that's probably been a barrier where in other larger conurbations and, and in london um that has been quite a factor in in how businesses operate and, and how they're getting people back to the office um whereas here i don't think we have that um to, you know that that issue um to the same degree
0: sure good stuff okay um right uh let's drill down into some of the january deals you did um starting with uh, just over five thousand three hundred square foot let to nights professional services at uh, Bank House on Pilgrim Street. Um, can you give a bit of a background on the building itself in terms of when it was built, who owns it, um, and what it offers tenants?
1: Sure. Yeah. So Bank House, um, Bank House is uh, in a in a prime prime position in, in Newcastle City Centre um, on Pilgrim Street. It's it's a new build. Um, it PC'd in. April 2023 so just just 9 months ago um 120,000 square feet of net space um over over 12 floors so so 10,000 square foot floor plates um it's been it's been very successful to date it's over 50% um let at the moment um it has been a very popular building in the market for for a number of reasons um the quality and specification, um, I guess, is is as you would expect any new build in a city centre, um, sustainability, which is clearly a big consideration for occupiers, um, has, um, you know, has sort of led the way in the marketplace. Um, it's been developed by Mockham Estates, um, who uh, are, are regenerating a large part of
0: East Pilgrim Street. Sure. OK, I was going to come on to that in a sec. Um, who are the other occupiers then? Who were the neighbours going to be? So the neighbours for nights
1: are DAC Beechcroft. Um, mm-hmm. They were the first occupiers into the building and, and took 15,000 square feet um, on, on PC. You've also got Oliver Wyman, um, Lysits, the insurers,
0: and Barclays as well. Sure. Okay, that's a pretty good, pretty good tenant mix. Um I mean, and on that deal, were you working for the landlord or the tenant there?
1: So we were representing Knights. So we were yeah. um we were sort of managing the acquisition
0: there, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um how different is kind of that process when you're sitting on that side of the fence as opposed to working for the landlord? It's
1: um I mean you clearly you're 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 looking at the market through a different lens. Um and you know, the, I think the key to it is really getting a deep understanding at an early stage of what an occupier is looking for and what drivers um, they have. And um, you know, it's 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 a part of it's it, it's a part of the process that I very much enjoy. Um, mm. And it's um, you know, you're you're looking at the as I say, you're looking at the market through the lens of the occupier um, and really getting under the under the skin of of um, of the process.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, do you know kind of which other buildings they were looking at, and why in the end they 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 went for Bank House?
1: Yeah. So we we initiated initiated the search um, across the whole city centre, looking at uh, high quality refurbs and new buildings. So there were there were a number of options that we looked at. Um, I think ultimately it came down to um, to the specification. The, the layout of the floors in bank house for this particular size um, were um, you know were very easy to space plan very easy to fit out and i think that was uh, that was one of the key drivers along with the facilities that bank house offered um nights uh in terms of um sort of end of journey facilities and the shower facilities and the, the, the sort of cycle and other well-being pieces. Sure, okay.
0: Um, and they've also signed up for a 10-year lease, which sounds quite long in the current climate, um, but is that fairly typical, you're finding, for, you know, a client like that in, in that type of space? I think, you know, f- flexibility
1: um, is certainly a trend in the market, but what we are finding, though, is that our occupiers that are settled in terms of their longer-term needs are still signing up you know for for the longer terms you know typically the average lease length or term certain in the market maybe five years but there are there are a number of businesses and actually we're we're doing several transactions at the moment on 10-year leases so i think it really depends on 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 the nature of the business growth strategies um you know how they sort of i guess how they are in their in their business cycle um but yeah there are there are still longer terms Um, and clearly, you know, the metrics of having a longer term, the incentives and the, I I guess, the value of the deal um, that is driven out of that.
0: Sure, okay. Um, Now, you kind of mentioned this earlier, um, developments around Pilgrim Street It's not traditionally been one of, you know, the the prime streets within the city centre, and I don't think the presence of, commercial union house helped with that a lot um but um there now seems to be a, a lot of redevelopment going on could you just kind of talk through some of the changes that are underway there
1: yeah certainly um the word transformational get used gets used a lot I think <laughs> in in property um but I think it, it is definitely the right word to describe what's happening on Pilgrim Street at the moment. So, so Pilgrim Street, um, you're right. It it wasn't uh, a traditional office location um, in the city. Um, Newcastle has a very sort of tight urban core, a lot of listed buildings. um, And I think um, that has created um, development um, sort of around the periphery, if you like, still in the city centre, but around the periphery. East, uh, sorry, Pilgrim Street. Um, so has been a part of the city that has probably um, not seen any major um, construction or, or regeneration for some time. But Motcombe, um who are behind the regeneration, um, have um, basically embarked on quite a major, um, major change all the way from the Tyne Bridge in the south, all the way up to Northumberland Street. It's I guess it's 3 city blocks of redevelopment. You've got the bottom uh, southern side which is where Bank House is and that's sort of the I guess the office nucleus of the scheme. If you then move up Pilgrim Street, um you have Warwick Chambers which is a listed building next door to Bank House. That is currently being um, redeveloped into a leisure destination so it will have a number of restaurants, bars, uh, live music venue within the building. You then move up onto the next block of the street and the old fire station um, is being transformed into a um, Gotham hotel, um, so a five-star boutique hotel which is on site at the moment. And then the final piece of the jigsaw probably the the biggest part of the jigsaw <laughs> is at the northern end which is Pilgrim Place um sorry Pilgrim Quarter beg your pardon um and that is a um 465,000 square feet of offices um which is the new HMRC um building so And that is, you know, that that bookends the top, the top or the northern part of the development, um, but also borders straight onto Northumberland Street, which is the main shopping street. So Mm. it's um, a major, major regeneration of a a large part of the city. Um, But what I think is quite, um, quite significant, it's all happening at the same time, you know, Um, I think. to see a development of that scale without being sort of phased, particularly in a in a regional city, being phased over a number of years, um, seeing this all happen at once is just incredible.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Um, is Newcastle City Centre seeing a, a change in the type of tenants it attracts uh, for for the office market there? I mean, traditionally, um, you mentioned finance, legal sectors, um, they've obviously done well. Um, but are you seeing any 21st century type companies starting to move in?
1: I think um, 21st century type businesses. <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, professional services and TMT are certainly still the most active. I mean, over the last over the last three years, it's they've always consistently been 30 or 40% of take up. Um, there are within TMT clearly there are some some very interesting, very um new and innovative companies coming forward. But I don't think there's any one in particular that I could pick out and say that this is a sector which has emerged sort of left field over the last year or so. Uh, I think we're fairly, as I say yeah, the trends are fairly um uh, consistent.
0: Sure, fair enough okay um, now um, the second deal um, that I want to look at is at Rainton Bridge Business Park which is in Houghton the Spring obviously not in the city centre itself um, where yep. you let just over 13,000 square feet to banks renewables um, so I mean how important generally is the out-of-town market in the overall office mix? Yeah it
1: um, the out-of-town market, I mean, it's still very important. It has, and I think will continue to be an important part of our northeast market. Um, you know, so last year alone, um, there was um, just short of 500,000 square feet of take up in the outer town market, and that's pretty consistent. Um, mm-hmm uh you know if you look back but look back at the figures historically so yeah very important part of of our market um we have a lot of um call center businesses up here we have a lot of businesses that attract staff from quite a wide geography Uh, it goes back to what i said at the start around um you know sort of commuter movements around our our region are very easy and i think therefore um you often find that businesses quite like to be in a a business part location because of the Accessibility
0: they have to a much wider um, uh, labour market. Sure. Okay. Um, what's Rainham Bridge like? I mean, I've seen pictures of it. It looks quite sort of high end from <laughs> by the standard of most business parks. Um, what what are kind of what's the main draw for occupiers there?
1: Yeah. Um, it's it, I mean it's a fantastic location. I think there's probably three facets to to why it has been so successful and why it does draw those occupiers. Um, and, and one of them, I guess, comes back to the point I've just made. Um, Rainton Bridge is um, almost equidistant between Sunderland, Durham, and Newcastle, um, mm-hmm. and sitting sort of central to three big conurbations, it therefore uh, acts as a really good position if you're looking to tap into a number of, as I say, number of, of mm-hmm. employment pools. I think secondly, the quality. The quality of the buildings, but in particular the, the quality of the park, the environment in Rainton Bridge is, uh, is second to none. So, the development is around a central water feature, really well landscaped. So, from a well being point of view, I think compared to um, some business parks, which you know may be very much about buildings and car parks, and um, this is all the car parkings around the outside, there's a really lovely um, environment, um, and I think that's that's been uh, a, a huge part of its success. And then thirdly, the offices themselves, you know, they are um, they are some of the highest spec out of town buildings we've got in the northeast. So I think that they, um, you know, they clearly tick those boxes that the occupier
0: um, is is looking for. Okay, um, what's the ownership structure like there? Is, there? is there one landlord for the whole thing or is it kind of split up? Yeah, no, there's there's
1: one landlord for the whole of Rayton Bridge Business Park. Um, so Praxis, um, are okay. the owners of the park. Uh, they, they bought the park, um, perhaps
0: 12 18 months ago. Um, and, and yeah. Sure. Okay um, and Banks Renewables, the tenant there, um, what do they actually do um, and what were they looking for from, 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 from the office? Yeah so Banks,
1: Banks Renewables, um, they're a UK onshore wind developer mm-hmm. and operator um, so they're they're a homegrown northeast business, um, they've got 11 onshore wind farms uh, across Yorkshire, the northeast, Scotland and the northwest um and they uh they were looking for a new HQ um they're part of the banks group um looking for a new HQ for for the renewables um for the, for the new renewables business
0: yeah sure. okay um and they also they signed for a 10 year lease um was that kind of <laughs> pleasing
1: uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it's it's well, what I would say. It's probably it's great to see a business like Banks, you know, being a northeast business and watching them grow, and then it's good to see them committing, um, you know, committing to this park. It shows that mm. they they want to make this their long term their long term home. Oh, okay.
0: Where had they moved from, by the way? Was it nearby?
1: Yeah, so they, they'd moved from um, sort, of, sort of west of Durham, effectively. Right. So I guess that comes in. Into the um, you know to the point I made earlier around locations and the and the sort of the ability to um, to be accessible to a lot of the region from from
0: Rainton. I think that was probably one of the
1: drivers um, for their shift in location. Sure,
0: okay. Um, and the rental figure we've got for that deal it's fourteen pounds fifty per square foot. Um, how does that compare to you know the standard rate for most out of town parks at the moment? So it. Um,
1: so fourteen pounds fifty is it's the highest out of town rent in the Sunderland sort of sub market. Um, right. It's not quite uh, not quite as high as perhaps some of the you know larger former enterprise zones on you know on North Tyneside, um, but it is you know it's a, it's a, certainly a strong rent for for the Sunderland and Durham market. Um, but I think that that's just reflective of the of the quality um, of mm-hmm. those buildings. Um, And I think also the investment that Praxis has put into those buildings since since they've um, taken ownership of them. Um, The building that um, Banks Renewables have moved into was um, uh, subject to a major refurbishment last year with particular focus on the sustainable elements of that. So moving it to an EPCA, um, looking at a new electric VRF system Um, All those sorts of things. And I guess with banks being who they are, that Mm. was clearly an important part of their decision
0: making. Yeah, sure. okay. Um, And how does, as an agent, how does the city centre compare with out of town in terms of the incentives that you have to offer tenants? I mean, you mentioned earlier that uh, there was quite a shortage of space in the city centre. Does that say does that mean you can sort of afford to be less generous with rent freeze and that sort of thing in the city? Generally speaking,
1: uh, yes, it does, mm-hmm. um, but it does probably depend on quite a few factors. So, you know, lease flexibility is is clearly a, a factor in in how much incentive an occupier is likely um, likely to get. The grade of the office accommodation, and I guess of course the size of the deal as well. So there's lots of different mm-hmm. factors that go into it, and I think that um, yes, there is there is probably a um, you know a greater degree of incentive given in the out-of-town market but it's not particularly
0: clear-cut um because of sure. because of those um those factors sure. i've described <laughs> so yeah so location is is not the only factor okay um on the subject of um scarcity of space um what are some of the new developments that are due to come onto the market this year that you're particularly excited about i mean both in terms of city center and out of town
1: yeah um it's a, that's an interesting question. So. I mean we're at quite a pivotal point in our city centre market um there are no new buildings that are being uh or commencing construction this year on a speculative mm-hmm. basis um we do have one um uh, uh re refurbishment or or um redevelopment which i'll come on to in the moment but in terms of new space in newcastle there is there is nothing online this year However, in Sunderland, um, there is Maker and Faber, which is are two buildings being developed by uh, Legal and General and landed in Sunderland city centre. And they are due, they're under construction at the moment, they're due to PC in June this year. Um, and that'll bring over 150,000 square feet of prime grade A stock. Um, and that's, you know, that's really the, that's the only speculative Piece, p- PCing buildings uh, this year. Back to the um to the the redevelopment. Um, there's one I'm really excited about is the Pattern Shop in Newcastle. So this is a um sort of transformation of uh one of Newcastle's really important heritage assets. So it's the building where Robert Stevenson built um steam locomotives in the 1800s oh, wow. so it's steeped in history <laughs> steeped in, in in i guess in the fabric of our in in newcastle's culture um and uh it is being completely repurposed into some very very um uh contemporary office accommodation uh we're going to reach pc of the of the um the redevelopment in March Uh, and I'm really excited to see that because it's very unique it's like nothing else you sort of get in
0: the marketplace so it's really good to be involved in in something like that. Sure okay Um, and I've seen you're also behind a building called the Pioneer Um, and I know everything looks amazing on CGI but this looks really amazing on CGI Um, when is that due to sort of be well I mean has building started or I mean is there a date for when that's going to start and when it might be available? Yeah so um
1: the pioneer is it's it's a brilliant it's a, yeah, yeah as you say it's it's a brilliant looking building um so that's that's a um, that's a scheme being brought forward on the same on the same site as the pattern shop um mm-hmm. so it's a, a joint venture um Ste- Stevenson Works LLP so that's a joint venture between Newcastle City Council and Igloo um it's going to be sort of the centrepiece and the gateway to the wider the wider scheme, um, and it sits. Um, it overlooks the, the station, so you know you couldn't get a better location. Um, it's probably going to be what I would call the next generation of of, of buildings in the city. Um, the sustainability credentials, the ESG, have been absolutely uh, central to the way that the building's been designed. Um, it is. Um, out in the market now, we're speaking to um, several occupiers on uh, on a pre-let basis. So, terms of um, construction starting it,
0: it is subject to, the, to pre-lets. Sure. Okay. I mean, on the subject of ESG, um, how big a force is that right now? Um, and do you think the kind of change is being driven primarily by uh, landlords who know they have to meet certain standards or simply because occupiers are demanding it? It's a, you're right, it's a really big driver at the moment. Um, I think
1: in my view, it's been driven um, by both, by both the law demands and the occupier expectations. Um, you know, from, from an occupier's point of view, um, we're seeing more and more uh, a, the requirement for, you know, EPCA or, or, or certainly B um, as well, um, all electric buildings. That's almost becoming a prerequisite for a lot of businesses um, on the landlord side. Yes, you've got you've got the law demands and, you know, we've we've been working with a lot of landlords over the last. Probably two years on some quite major refurbishments, and that point has been central to everything that we've been doing, looking at how we future proof the buildings, not just against what legislation you know might be coming down the road, but more importantly where the occupiers are looking to be and what they're looking to um, you know what credentials they're looking to hit
0: okay um, and also I mean a lot of the office talk we hear at the moment it focuses on the really futuristic high-end stuff um, but is there still a certain level of demand for I guess well, you'd call it bog standard office space from companies you don't want to be paying 30 pounds plus a square foot we don't
1: use the word bog standard. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So, um, uh, but on, on a serious note, I think it's an in, it's a it's a very interesting question, and and I think what we are seeing in the market, and I guess this is all underlined by this flight to quality, the market sort of just below the very very prime buildings, um, mm-hmm. is is really active. So um, that's high quality refurbishments. That's where Landlords have injected quite a lot of investment into their buildings, Um, and I guess to give it a rental range, you know, that's buildings that sit in the sort of twenty-two to twenty-six pound per square foot mark. So sitting just beneath that, we find that there's there's a lot of activity in there. You go beneath that, and you look at, um, you know, the sort of much lower grades of buildings where there hasn't been much investment. Um, That market is um is seeing far less demand and i think what we've seen is that everyone's see, uh, generally speaking sort of um all subsections of of occupier in terms of where their budgets are and what they see everyone's slightly moved up a, a a rank if you like and that sort of left a bit of a void at the bottom and we don't see as many um businesses that um are
0: looking in, the, in that in that space anymore. Okay. Um, and just finally, um, we're around about two years on, I think, from, you know, all the pandemic restrictions being lifted. Um, so, you know, we've had time for the dust to settle a little bit on all the disruption that that, that caused. Um, are we kind of at a stage now where we can confidently say for maybe the next five or ten years what off- occupiers want from an office, how they're going to use it, um, and, you know, how full they're going to be?
1: Wow. <laughs> that, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there and um i guess there's i don't have a crystal ball however i think it going back to a point i made at, at the start um i think in our in our market we have certainly seen um the office market settle down a bit more recently and i think that there are there are always going to be businesses out there who um you know are going to find it difficult to look at the longer term and that's for loads of different reasons you know if, they, if they're in growth mode um, it, you know, I, I, find, I can see that being very difficult to sort of know where they're going to be in terms of their office occupancy over a long period of time however I think for the majority what we're seeing is that most businesses are a bit more settled there certainly seems to be a more office first approach to um, the people that we're speaking to on a daily basis And I think that, um, you know, innovation in in office fit out and things have come, it's come a long way in a short space of time. And I think now we're seeing people being a bit more confident because they know that they can, they can set a set an office out, um, have a bit of flexibility in there to, um, you know, increase the number of desks or decrease the number of desks. But generally speaking, there is a bit more, they feel a bit more certain about it. so, you know, I think there's always going to be um, an element of um, things evolving in time. Um, but I think the the kind of big shock, I feel as though we're we're, we're over that now. Um, mm. and, and most people have found their way through that.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely moved on from the days where the big debate was whether the office was dead. It, do, it does certainly seem to have a absolutely.
1: future. Yeah, I, I yeah absolutely agree with that. And I think that it's not... You know, it's not um, uh, one glove fits all certainly, um, and everyone's everyone's different in the way they need to approach it. And from business to business, sector to sector, um, you're always going to have different different ways. Um, and you know, I guess none of them are right or wrong. But um, yeah, I certainly think there's there's a bit more stability um, to how people are approaching um, their
0: their needs for office space excellent okay well on that optimistic note i think we'll bring things to a close paddy thanks ever so much for your time really appreciate that
1: absolute pleasure jim thanks for having me